All right. Welcome back to our after the episode discussion of Book of Boba Fett. I don't know who's got me on audio, but I can hear myself. Um, tonight, we're going to talk about episode one and two. And I guess I probably should have said, um, yeah, they're going to be spoilers. Uh, this is unscripted, unedited, pure, raw, um, from an adult perspective. So there will be swearing involved. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about, you know, penis size and that sort no, of No, we're not going to do that. No, no. We might talk about how the main character looks like a old wrinkled penis. That's fine if that's what you want to talk about. But um, we, we, we're going to be talking about Book of Boba Fett episode one and two. And, and I wanted to do this because when I was during my destiny days, there was a podcast I listened to that used to do um, Mandalorian when the Mandalorian first came out. Spoilers, right? And I would listen to that religiously. And I say that because I think here we can have more fun, um, to be honest with you. Like, this is an open dialogue, right? I could disagree with you, and this has nothing to do with fucking game mechanics, whether um, Boba Fett <laughs> somehow got green armor again versus red armor, or not red armor, like worn armor, or why Fennec Shade has a digital abdomen. Just saying. Cybernetic. Uh, yeah, whatever. Whatever the fuck <laughs> you want to call it. We can now discuss all of these things. So, let's... We're going to do two things to begin with. The first thing is we're going to go around the room and we're going to, you, you can have two minutes and that's it because I don't want to spend eight hours having this after hour or after <laughs> podcast shit, but you can have two minutes to talk about what you liked and disliked about episode one. We're going to start there and then we'll do episode two and then we could get into some of the critiques and some of the longevity things that are going to come out of this and how it actually affects the star Wars series, because I think this is a pivotal moment for Disney. And if Disney takes this as a softball and kind of just says, Hey, free fucking money, whatever this will fail and fall flat on its face. So who wants to begin? I'll, I'll I will first. hold until last. Okay. Sure, I'll go first. I'll take the initiative. So, <laughs> so episode one. Um, the only thing I didn't like about episode one is that it was like thirty minutes long. I was I was expecting a more of a bigger like episode where they would go into a little more detail of it. Um, that was my only negative about episode one. Besides that, I love that they've gone back to really show um, to kind of like retcon the history of Boba Fett, showing like what happened after the events of Return of the Jedi, leading to him um, getting his armor stolen and then just basically reinventing the character. Like what now? What is Boba Fett going to be now that he no longer has his Mandalorian armor, which what he identified himself with? Um, I think this that episode was a really good stepping stone for the series um, so far because it's showing, you know, rebuilding the character from what we knew him from the brief interactions between the different shows that he's been on um, the, the obviously Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi where he has limited lines and just really going more into the character, what that character is like. 
um just seeing where they're progressing also in the um in the underworld you know the power vacuum that that was left with the death of Jabba the Hutt and showing like what's going on with the syndicates in the outer rim i think that's another big piece of the lore that we're missing from star wars so far because they focus so much more on the events uh of the war you know obviously the republic and the empire are not really focusing much on the underbelly of star wars which does have a big impact because their their reaches everywhere in the series you know when you read all the different books and all the different media um they're everywhere and it's really interesting to see how they can affect the lore for star wars yeah so for me i think i agree with that sentiment that they're actually exploring avenues they've never have right like there is an immense exploration opportunity um that they've ignored to begin with the first part of boba fett that i like is the fact that we haven't seen a bunch of fucking force users walking around dominating the screen okay yep you know, one of the most disappointing things in Mandalorian 2 is Luke Skywalker walks in and takes the kid. Especially because fucking the rest of it's already written. So we know something happens. Either Grogu goes into hiding, or Grogu dies, or Grogu becomes a villain. <clears throat> maybe maybe one of the big villains. I'm just saying, to me, the biggest issue Star Wars has is it focuses on only the Force users being the couple characters and the Mandalorian started to stray, you know, away from that. And then kind of went right back to force users. And it's like, fuck off. Like for Christ's sake, can we get something in star Wars? That's not, that's, that's more real. Right. Um, it's called solo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like that movie. I'll, I like that movie in fairness, but not as much as I've liked, uh, some of the TV shows. Awesome. All right. So going back to the actual show though, like, what I did not like about the first episode is it felt like it dragged on. It didn't feel like it was a great story to begin with. Yeah, like, I don't care how Boba gets out of the Sarlacc pit. Like, that's a pretty improbable escape as it is. Great. Good for him. I did like seeing him develop the relationship with the Tusken Raiders. I think that's a bonus and a benefit. And I think if you go back and actually watch some of the other Star Wars stuff, you can see how they got there from that. Like, you can actually see the connections the ties, how like Boba Fett is helping them um, move past just being, you know, Raiders, right? Um, what I love about the series is that they're starting to introduce a different dynamic. We're starting to see, let's go away from this good versus evil. Now, I can't guarantee they're not going to turn Boba Fett into this good character. What I need to see is where we get more into the books, like where Thrawn is a little bit more of this neutralize i'm a genius but i could be a piece of shit or a good guy all at the same time and play both sides that's where i want this show to go that's where this show should go in my opinion because it'll break this good versus evil bullshit that we run into and and the way I, the reason i say that is because if we want to make star wars a game of thrones-esque style show in the long run even if we have a bunch of intertwining shows boba fett has the ability to change the the tide and the momentum with introducing a different dynamic of characters that we've not seen before. And the last thing I have to say, and I'm going to say it as a negative thing, and then I'll let Charles have it, is I do not think the Boba Fett character is a good actor either. I just... I Tim Morrison? 
yep, I just don't think he's that great of an actor. Um, I, I just don't see him as Boba Fett. Um, in the same way I see, like Din Djarin, you know, in that Mandalorian role. Like I just don't feel him as a as as a very. Um, I just don't feel he's embracing the role. I guess just personally. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna step in on this one. So here's the thing. He has to be a good actor for Boba Fett in the same way that the five teenagers had to be good actors to be Power Rangers. <laughs> if 99% of your life is spent with a mask on your face, it doesn't matter if you're a good actor. They could have hired anybody to be the Mandalorian under that mask and just used his voice. Just like they did with David, Prose, uh, David Prost as Darth Vader, because he, the actor that played Darth Vader wasn't the voice of Darth Vader. They were two completely different people. Period. End of story. They didn't have James Earl Jones when they took the mask off. It wasn't Mufasa underneath the mask of Darth Vader. <laughs> so it, does, it doesn't matter. All right. Secondly, while yes, I agree the story for the first episode could be better. The reason that I'm not pressing that is because I look at the origin portion or at least what leads into this as season two of The Mandalorian. Right. So this is mandalorian 2.5 as well as being the book of boba fett right we're able to take off from where the mandalorian left off what i didn't like and i've learned to make peace with it as i've watched episode two and i'm kind of seeing how they're building the character what i didn't like is up until now minus the one mistake that wound up in the sarlacc pit boba fett's been a badass even when he reappeared in mandalorian like, he just showed up like, look, I know who I am. Let me teach you a thing or two, rookie. And just went to town. Like, he blew up the spoiler alert for season two. But he <laughs> blew up the dang Razor Crest with impunity. He didn't care. That's just who he is. And then we have six little ragtag, like, looks like an extra from a Nick Jr. television show jumping out with, stun batons and riot shields and that's all it takes for master assassin and master boba fett to get wrecked and have to be saved by two gamerians who had been apparently captured and in captivity for ever until boba fett decided now again bridging into two and i'm not gonna specify because i know we're not on episode you know episode two they at least explain who the ragtag group was is not being such a ragtag group and they're lending a little bit more to to the recovery section of boba because i have to remember that in this timeline he's probably in his 40 or 50s and without the force to aid his uh his sensory capabilities so he doesn't have the reaction time of say luke or obi-wan uh did at the similar age he's relying on essentially an iron man helmet and the rest of it is his own reaction time. So when you, yeah, I'm 40. Um, I don't know that I could take on six dudes, especially with riot shields. You know what I mean? Like a flamethrower, sure, missile, sure. But in that close range, launching a missile at the guy standing next to you uh, is going to hurt you just as much as it hurts him. So sometimes yeah. you got to take a beating to not kill yourself. 
So side um, note on that on that particular part. So the shields that they have are similar to Ray Shield, so that if he would have actually taken a shot against them, it would have bounced back and either hit himself or hit Fennec. So that's why they couldn't exactly use that. Now he does have flamethrowers and they obviously have their feet available, you know, exposed where he could have just burned all their feet to the ground. And good luck trying to hold your shield and a baton with burning feet. But you know, it was an ambush, and sometimes in the heat of the battle, especially in older age, you don't exactly think of that on the fly. So, but, and yeah. the other thing that we have to look at in, in Chris is this to speak to not being a good actor in reference to the role. And this is where I would disagree with it. Not because I think that he's an amazing actor, because I've never seen him in anything other than voice acting for the Clone Wars and playing Django slash Boba. But when we look at Boba Fett as a character, when we look at Boba Fett as that that story he's largely been alone and left to be raised by other bounty hunter culture since 10. He's a, yeah, exactly. So, so no, he's not the most animated, but he wasn't, he wasn't off, you know, a 19 year old farm boy that wanted to sign up for the military. He wasn't 30 when we were introduced to his character the last major like vocalization of Boba Fett was a 10 year old kid who watched his dad fly off and he never came back. So, and I'm then gonna... we fast forward to, we fast forward to 30 years later, return of the Jedi. Yeah. And now we've got Boba Fett with four lines. All so right. to say he's not acting his character when his character was previously a 10 year old and then an adult with four lines, I think is rather relatively not in line. Sure. Except for the fact that there's books that he appears in there's comics that he appears in and but none of those matter right now those I are disagree. all legends no they're not they're not all legends yeah not, not all, all they're they're not no. all legends so that's no um so for example the i can't remember the name of the book but the book that I, the last book i read with asajj in it is not a legends book and boba fett's in that even if it's very briefly and the emotion he shows in that is a million times more than this show. Like the character cast is just like, or keep your fucking helmet on at least give us bullshit guidelines where like we, we, we like with the Mandalorian, we had to guess his, his things. I honestly don't think the character for the Mandalorian is that great of an actor either, but no. he had the ability to, or they created the ability to show empathy, to show different ranges of emotion with him. And when they like, and I'll give an example when the, I, I just, cause I just rewatched season two of the Mandalorian. And when he first meets Bo-Katan and you know, the, the, you know, the her, her clan. Yeah. He gets super fucking pissed, like angry pissed. And, and he doesn't raise his voice or do any of the other things, but you know, without, without seeing his face, how angry he is based on what they've set up. And this and is where they shot that in the foot. Well, they had to because they showed an evolution of character because in the long run, it, let's be honest, like when they named that aspect as a cult, that, that that's kind of true. Like the way of the Mandalore, the true Mandalorian where we have to have all these little specific things and we can't change anything that that's kind of cultish. Like that's pretty bad. You know, now maybe they did some really good things. There's a lot of um, American cults that do good things for people, but there's still there's there's still issues behind them, right? 
and the ability to evolve and change and adapt based on the climate and the capture and the and the atmosphere is different. Now, I won't say I'm going to be excited if uh, the Mandalorian sits on Mandalore throne. I don't like that. I'd rather see Boba Fett, <laughs> Boba Fett in that position, even if he doesn't fit that. Because to me, the, the Mandalorian, that's not who he is. He's not this leader. Boba Fett, though, on the opposite hand, is a leader. You can see some of those aspects in him. And you can see, like, episode two gave an evolution that episode one just didn't do ju justice for, right? And I enjoyed episode two a million times more than episode one. Like, I, yeah. I will say, if episode two had been like episode one, my interest would just be gone. It just would. But because of it, I can I, I don't care as much about episode one. And 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 yeah, I, I like Nobby said, yeah, it was too short. Or JJ, you said that too short. Yeah, it was too short. I, I, I think you could have taken some of the elements out of two and put it into one, and one would be a million times better. And then you could have opened two up. Um, I don't care about the fight. I know he's old. I don't care. I don't care about the Bakta tanks. You know, I don't care about him. He he gets out of the Sarlacc pick. I do like some of the engagement he has with the Raiders. And I think what needs to be explored or what I hope they explore is the fact that like, why didn't they kill him? Why did they like, they made it out to be this basic men slave mentality. We're only keeping you as a slave, but it makes no sense that that, that doesn't follow a lot of the traditional lore. I, I, I get Tuscan Raiders had slaves, but I don't see that aspect when Boba Fett started, started to teach them and they started to listen, right. That, that shows like true leadership, right. That shows that transition where he's saying, Hey, I'm not just this guy that takes orders and is really good at my job. I'm the guy that um, is going to help mentor you to be a better culture. Right. I don't, I don't know. So I don't, so, I don't see him changing the culture. And I think we talked about this last week off air. But when you look at every major time that there has been a Tusken Raider interaction in the Star Wars universe, they are taking slaves. They tried to they tried to take Luke if he had to have been saved by Obi-Wan. They took Anakin's mother as a slave. They took mm -hmm. Boba Fett as a slave. This is a part of their culture. It's not they're they're a tribalistic culture that sees the opportunity yeah. to let somebody else do the work. They take them for their usefulness and they let them do their job. I don't see this as being a change to their their culture. Now, he proved yeah. himself to be useful beyond that. I don't think that they've ever shown themselves to be a stupid culture. Uh, I am enjoying. I am enjoying the idea of them building the the Tusken Raiders to be something other than a ripoff of the Sand People from Dune. Um, I want them to be something different. I want Disney to mass market a little lizard that can jump into my nose and make me hallucinate so I can find <laughs> that I can find sticks in the in the uh, in the desert. Um, I live in Florida. Maybe they'll give me one that'll let me worm off into the dang swamp and then I'll come back with my own gaffy stick. I don't know. But when it comes to episode two, I will agree, Chris, that I enjoyed episode two immensely more than I enjoyed episode one. Um, I thought, and, and another thing to, when we look at the characterization and Boba Fett's uh, acting, so far we've seen him in like three scenes with other people who talk. 
Other than that, it's been that's that's what yeah. he has to go with to talk back to, or Fennec yes. Shan's awesome two lines that she gets that are each two words each. He hasn't really had a whole lot to play off other than the one Twi'lek that came from the mayor and the Twi'lek in the brothel that he visited that filled his helmet full of money. Outside of that, there hasn't been any real dialogue, dialogue. other than other than the dialogue that he had between the Wookiee bounty hunter who didn't talk at all and the twins, uh, the hut twins that came to visit. Uh, to reclaim Jabba's palace that he just basically threw up a middle finger and said, if you want it, step up. Like, he fuck around and find out. Let's see what happens. And they agreed that they wanted to test that assumption at a later inconvenience uh, and, and went about their way. He hasn't really had a whole lot of opportunity for dialogue. When we look at the first season of The Mandalorian, you have the same robotic style of delivery, but he had to interact with multiple different communities of people. So far, Boba Fett has interacted with Tusken Raiders and Fennec Shan, and that's it. So but I'm he, hoping when mm. we get more of an interaction from him, I hope, I don't know, he could be robotic through the entire episode and prove you 100% correct. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that we need more than two episodes to determine whether this guy's going to throw it or not. And I, I get your point. I just say there's so many other instances where he does talk. It's just not because it's not in a movie. They, they're ignoring it. I mean, okay, let's go back to the Wookiee. Let's go back to the Wookiee, right? Mm, like That was such a good scene. Um, That's a huge, huge, like, hey, let's nod at the comics, right? That's huge. That's I big. Agree. Like, that shows that they're actually looking into more than just the... <clears throat> nine movies that we have right sure um those wookie eyes and so so that's where i have a harder time with how they're portraying that character and i'm not going to say whether it's bad writing bad acting maybe i'm wrong in saying it's a bad acting that's that's fine that's on me i shouldn't say that specific thing because that might not be true but yeah he might want to do more than than could what be, they're allowing him to do because that's their vision of how Boba Fett should be. Yes. I don't agree with that style of vision only because I've read the comics. Like I'm, I'm probably not as big a Boba, Boba Fett fan as you are, but I do like um, mercenaries and I do like that scummy side of things um, mm-hmm. because I'm not the wholesome. I don't like wholesome things. <laughs> I usually like the evil pieces <laughs> of it. <laughs> right. Like, well, I'm a horror the, movie guy, so... Um. The other part of it, right, is opportunity for dialogue, right? Because imagine, you know, they have this grand entrance. I'm, I'm speaking specifically to the part where the two, the, the Hut twins come in and then they introduce their muscle, right? It's like, imagine the muscle comes in and he's there just to intimidate Boba, right? Because they're trying to, like, you know, reclaim what they think is right for the theirs, and they're going to show the muscle to say, "Hey, we have this Wookiee who's going to come in and lay down the law if you don't listen to us." He's not there and be like, "Hey, buddy, I'm uh, I'm here, and uh, I'm here to take over this place here." I uh, mind backing up. Imagine if he would have said that. Like the, the opportunity of dialogue there at that point is just for the Wookiee to show up, be intimidating just by being there and then just leave. He doesn't have to say anything else. He just needs to, you know, be there, grunt a few times and just leave because he's there as they're the enforcer of the will of the, the hut 
disciplines. And speaking um, to and Chris's then, point in that exact same yeah. scene, though, the helmet didn't come off. So the, the deadpan, like level headed delivery of dialogue with the helmet on works because you don't need it. He's being that yeah. that plain face, you know, thing. It's the but mob the, boss. Right. But on the flip side yeah. of that, when you look at Boba Fett teaching the Tusken Raiders how to drive the sloop and he starts laughing and doing the arm thing, that in that I get what they're doing, right? They're they're ma- they're giving a human aspect of him trying to teach something. That's not Boba Fett's character. It never has been. Like I would have appreciated like deadpan like why aren't you learning this? Because that's like it's not he's never been the laughy jokey guy. He's freaking Boba Fett. He's the bounty hunter. He is the deadpan. I'm going to kill you if you owe somebody that wants to pay me. Like, period. Semi Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. But like <laughs> to see him do in that same episode go from jokey flashback, like these people want to kill me, but I'm useful, so I'm gonna make fun of them because they can't ride a motorcycle, and then in the next scene be like, Nope, I'm stone face. Like, you can't have it both ways. He's either yeah, gotta be the, the badass stoic bounty hunter. Or the the comic relief, or give us somebody else yeah, to but, be the comic relief. Okay, I, I understand that point, right? You know uh, about him maintaining his character, his stoic character. You know, being that stern person who wants to make sure that people just do what what he wants them to do. But at the same time, he's in survival. He's in survival mode. Period. Whether he's he's you know trying to teach people there or not, or just you know sitting down as a slave he's trying to survive and by surviving he needs to be able to communicate with these people hey this is what they need to do and he's already learned that being stoic and trying to take things by force like that is not going to get through to them because they don't understand that so yes he does look ridiculous trying to teach them how to ride the damn staff thing but at the same time it it makes a point yeah the sloop it 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 helps him push that point and it does serve as a bit of a little bit of a comic uh, relief for that particular episode because we've been through a, a, a pretty dark part so far where he starts off as a slave, you know, without overly stating that he is exactly a slave and they're trying to break the levity of that particular type of situation where he's in. And on top of that, they're trying to, the whole point of this series that they've been pushing since they started these commercials is I want to rule with respect. And they're showing how he's learned to do that by interacting with the Raiders and earning their respect by doing that, not being, being this commander stoic type that he's just training people to do things according to like a military style of, of training and, you know, versus, you know, actually earning their respect and then becoming a leader within their community, even though he's an outsider. So we, we're, we're going to move on to the huts in a minute because I, I, I want to cover those before we end. Um, yeah. And I don't I don't think this needs to be two hours. I think we could wax poetic yeah. for two hours, but well, we definitely could make it two hours. But we I don't, don't need it to be, you know, <laughs> no. Um, so, JJ, I agree with you that there needs to be some difference in personality, but I think the comic relief thing is too much. It's just, it, to, me, it's, much. to me, it's too much. Like, I agree that we need to have a diversity of character because that's somebody that learns, that evolves, that adapts, that changes will have that. But that comic, like, 
you know what would have been funnier if he did that and then a Tuscan Raider slapped him up backside the head? That would have been funny. <laughs> or punched yeah. him. Punched him and knocked him off the bike. Like, yeah, fuck you for making fun of us. You know, like, that's 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 more of how I would have handled that. And But again, this is a kid show, right? To some extent, this is a teen show. This is not um, a rated R movie that, in, in, in fairness, Star Wars never has been, right? You know? And Star Wars has always tread treaded that line. You know, Charles does yeah, not broadest, like a lot of the animated stuff. Yeah. It's know. the broadest public, you know, yeah. uh, they're trying to to attract the greatest amount of, of viewers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So So I will I will say this, and this is something that I did not like about episode two. Nope, sorry, Chris. I'm sorry, I didn't realize you were go ahead. Nope, you can go ahead. That's fine. I don't enjoy the trope. I'm sorry, I don't enjoy it. This is not the seven. This is not the seventh samurai. This is the same damn thing they did in the Mandalorian. Oh look, I found a civilization of people who have an issue. Let me help them with their issue and move on. This is not kung fu. This is not any of these other shows. You don't have to write an episode about. Oh, I'm going to help the people less fortunate than me to make a connection. They did it. There was like three or four episodes where they did it in The Mandalorian. It's like the entirety of Firefly. And come at me if you want. I love Firefly. It is one of my favorite television shows. But the entire show is let's go to a planet where you don't know anybody and help them fix a problem and then leave. Right? That's Star Wars. It's, it, well, technically he was there for seven years, but yeah. But but oh you see God. what but but the thing is is it's just one of those <laughs> it's one of those situations and then to go back to the whole he lost the fight in episode one episode two he shows up at a biker bar and wrecks their shit like they're not even there but he gets caught off guard in an open street and and can't fight and we're talking I don't know what the difference in timeline is between back to tank needing Healy Boba Fett and I've been living in the desert off of nothing but water from black pumpkins Boba Fett. But you know what I mean? It's hey, I'm not speaking badly of Firefly Nobby. I'm just saying that when it comes to science fiction television, right? It it is the same trope over and over and over and over and over and over again. Yes. If we want to do if we want to do look at okay, look at Gandolfini in The Sopranos. He didn't give a shit about helping people. He gave a shit about helping himself. Right? If Boba is going to be the Godfather, if that's the type of character that we want him to be, then he needs to He's be self-serving. But He's that's the way they're pitching the it. Though this is, good. I would like it if he was. He doesn't need to be nice. We don't. We already have a nice Mandalorian character, and it's terrible. They're not supposed it's to not, be nice. It's, it's not about him being nice. It's about him earning respect. Period. That's it. You can take you respect. gain respect. Iron Fist. Yeah, assuming that you know there's not a language barrier. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's so, why that's why we give him a protocol droid and call it a day. <laughs> so, I, I'm gonna have to agree with Charles though on the trope aspect that it's played out. It's old. The Mandalorian yeah. went back to it. Season one was not as much that. Then all of a sudden it's like about helping the child. I have to do this, and then he has to help everybody else so he can help the child. And it's like stop, stop, stop. Like just say. Like if the Mandalorian had just said, "How much money does it pay so I can pay for my ship repairs to get the fuck out of here?" That solves eighty percent of that episode. 
Boom, he goes, he does his thing, comes back, here's my money, get the fuck out. Because I only care about helping the child. I'm okay with him helping the child. What is bothering is he's is changing his character to be this empathetic person. And not everybody's like that. That's not a fucking reality. Especially I like when you. you're raised in a warlike yeah. environment. You are raised to be emotionless and you're part of the Bounty Hunters Guild, you do what you have to do to get paid. Yes. And the problem I'm having with some of this, and and let's go, I'm going to go back to the Asajj book. The Asajj Ventress book, if you have not read it, is fucking amazing. Not the Dooku one. I hate the storytelling. Um, the story itself is good, but the storytelling is, is shit. We lost JJ. We pissed JJ off, I guess. All right. Um Spectrum didn't appreciate your comments. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably because they're owned by Disney. Um but okay, go be because I really want to get to the huts in a second. Yeah, yeah, go. I really want to do that and, and we'll wrap up with the huts. But the problem I have is that, you know, and this is why I compared this to the Game of Thrones, right? Because in the Game of Thrones, there is no winners. There is not a single winner. It is closer to real life and how things would be to some extent than what we see in Star Wars. In Star Wars, we constantly see only good guys win. We don't see the bad guys win very often. Oh the no, I lost Yoda. He's a force ghost. Strikes back. They're force ghosts. Oh, Obi-Wan, you're a force ghost. Force ghost. Qui-Gon, you're a force ghost. Wait, where the fuck's Darth Vader? Oh, he's a good guy, force ghost. God damn it. Where did that come from? You know? And this is where I get into where Boba Fett could change this. The Mandalorian is your appetizer for changing Star Wars as a child's program to an adult style program, right? Give me more adult content. And I'm going to say this very aggressively, I guess, because I grew up not watching a lot of um, even PG rated movies as a kid. I agree, Maestro. I agree. Bad guys have better gear and weapons. They need love, too. All right. But I grew up not having some of this aspect, right? And I grew up in a very conservative religious atmosphere where everything is good versus evil. Everything. But that's just not true. Me, like, if Charles comes to me tomorrow and says, hey, you know what? I lost my job. I can't pay my rent. I I, I really need $1,000, man. I just do it. Need it. Me giving him a thousand dollars doesn't make me a good guy. Did I do a good action for him? That doesn't make me immoral for not giving him a thousand dollars. Let's say I don't have a grand. Like it would mean that I would have to struggle a little bit for this. Does it mean I'm an immoral or a bad person because I didn't give it to him? Does it mean I'm bad because I didn't go out fundraising for Charles? No. Shit you. happens. Life fucking sucks. That's the that's just a fact. And if you go back to some of the Star Wars books and how some of the comics are written, that's how they portray the series. Boba Fett has a chance to change that. The Mandalorian said, hey, hold on. Um, I'm going to give you an appetizer. I'm going to give you a mix. Boba Fett could just come in swinging saying, I don't need to be the good guy. I don't need to be here. I'm happy with that idea. I don't want Boba Fett to be a good guy. Thank you. And like, I'm, I'm kind of in favor of that too. Like, <laughs> come here for the X-Wing, stay for the life lesson. Yeah. Sorry. Like, and, and, and this goes into the whole discussion about the huts, right? 
they had there's a whole fucking arc in non-movie history about a bounty hunter war right boba fett is precedent to set up for this this is like prime untapped fucking real estate right here and if we have to watch boba fett become this good guy that helps every fucking generation and doesn't punish like you know what he should have done? He should have killed the fucking mayor, and we would be like a light years ahead of this. I and think I he should have killed the, the mayor. I think he should have killed the Gamorreans. I think he should have just. It needs to be Iron Fist. It needs to be Jabba. We need a bad guy with a character arc. Yes. They screwed the pooch with Kylo. We need a okay. bad guy with a character arc. And I'll go back to my so, Game of Thrones analogy a million times oh. over. None of them are good in that show. Okay. Were, like, okay. None of them, if you read any of the books, you will understand there is shit that all of them do. Maybe Jon Snow, I could kind of concede, is overall a good guy. But for the most part, you're not getting that. The only real okay. good guy died in the first season. Hang on, hang on, hang on. So first, I got to go what back. I got to go back. So there's a few things for us, right? And number Damn. one, I had to switch to my okay. phone because... Yeah. Hold on. Anyway, nobody can hear JJ. Hold on. <laughs> I can hear him just fine. Nobody. Okay. Yeah. So there's a few things, right? So they they've already explored a a world in this uh, where they have a, a person who rules with an iron fist and takes over all the syndicates and holds control of all of them. It's in Clone Wars season five when Maul comes into power and he forms Crimson Dawn and he basically takes out the Pikes. He takes out the Huts. He takes uh, takes out uh, the the other syndicate that's in there uh, run by uh, Black Sun. I forget his name. Yeah, uh, Black Sun. Yeah, thank you. So and then he rules all of them under uh, Black Fist from the Seed of Mandalore. We've already seen that story before. So Boba Fett coming in to do the same exact thing and it didn't work out for Maul I don't think that that's the route that Disney wants to take I want I'm interested to see how they develop this particular line because instead of coming in with an iron fist now he's actually trying to return these people and make them into allies uh, because I think that that's something that hasn't been explored for that particular type of thing yet it doesn't make him a good guy no not at all he's just going a different route of con- of gaining control of the underworld that way. Um, and I think it's just it's just something that has to be explored and developed out further. We, we are reacting with limited amount of information basically right now because we've only seen two episodes so far. So I am interested to see how he takes care of uh, the other syndicates that are involved because obviously he let go of the pikes that were there um, the, from the train scene from the end of it. He allowed them to live and let them know that, hey, you know, you will allow you to continue to do this business, but now you're paying tribute over to these people here. So they either going to have to react by paying tribute and continuing business as normal and possibly losing even more, or they form a, a trade. They form a bond with these people that live there now, and he's created that. And I think that's a, a, that's a story worth showing and exploring for, uh, for Boba Fett, honestly. Um, and I, I think that that's something that's missing from Star Wars is that there is a potential for a guy to have that duality in them, um, to have parts of them that are that are good and parts of them that are bad. He can be ruthless whenever he needs to. If he needs to take out a couple of underlings like the mayor and his assistant that absolutely need to die, absolutely <laughs> need to die. 100%. But 
Yeah, but he'll let other people like the Pikes who actually showed him respect and, you know, weren't like complete a-holes when they were addressing him live. So that way they can continue to do business, right? Because it's easier to continue to do business than to bury a bunch of dead guys who no longer can pay you tribute. I mean, we know, we know, right, that there will be some sort of a a high council meeting or something of that nature from one of the trailers that we saw. We very clearly see Boba Fett sitting at the head of the table and, and addressing the rest of the syndicates to bring them in line. So we know we're going to see that. I just, I don't know. Boba Fett is, Boba Fett's never been a bad guy, right? He's like, we, he, we see him with the empire, but the only reason we see him with the empire is because the empire could afford to pay him. The closest thing to what I've seen and what I want Boba Fett to be is um, the, oh God, what is his name from, oh, why can't I think of his name? He was in uh, The Usual Suspects, um, Benicio Del Toro's character. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, hey, these guys are paying me more now than, oh, now these guys are paying me more. That's the character. He doesn't yeah. have to be good. He doesn't have DJ. to be bad. He doesn't have to sit in one of these boxes. I agree he can be both, but he can also be neither. He doesn't yeah. have to be good or bad. He doesn't have to be good and bad. He doesn't have to be a duality. He could be an absence of both. Where the money is is where I need to be. And whatever makes me the most money is going to be the decision I make. And and maybe we get that down the way. Maybe yeah, maybe he's setting up a long term plan or income. He's building his own four hundred one k, Nobby. But <laughs> but that's what I want. I want a character that's not driven by the trope of good versus evil. I want someone that's driven by their own motive, and it doesn't have to be good bad, right? Like when he fought the huts, he didn't hate the huts. He has no ill will towards them. They just came to take what he's already taken. Sorry, I'm not down for that. You want to fight? We can fight for it. But I want it because I want this and you're trying to take it from me. That's not good. That's not bad. That's not both. It's this is mine and I want to keep it. And I'm okay with that character development. Yeah. And no, uh, Mastro, just so you just so you know, if they continue the storyline from the cartoon or from the comic books, uh, that Wookiee bounty hunter is not related to Chewbacca in any way, shape, or form. So now that we've we've given our opinions for this, what do you guys think uh, predictions going forward? I hope that the show gets better. I don't I don't want to make predictions. I don't want to set an expectation in place. I want to enjoy it as it comes and react to it. Um, I'm just happy that my guy gets more than four lines. Fair. For me, um, I'm I'm hoping to see another major character at least make a cameo in the in the area. Maybe Chewie, maybe Han. Probably Chewie would be easier because you know you don't need to bring the original actor, but you can if you need to. Um, as far as for X-wing, I hope that this actually creates a new Boba Fett pilot. Something that doesn't require rerolls. Something that's more <laughs> like I want to see Commander Boba Fett. That's all I want to see, where he like provides an action to somebody else at Initiative Five. 
All right. For me, really, the big thing that I want to see out of this is I want to see a divergence from the traditional trope of Star Wars, and I want to start seeing a more Game of Thrones-esque Star Wars where we actually get diversity and we get the blurred lines of good versus evil, and I no longer have to, like, I can root for the bad guy and the good guy at the same time and know that Thrawn is just going to be the best character and will trump everything that we see. Weren't the creators from Game of Thrones actually given a green light for a movie set for High Republic? Yes. So so here's what I'm going to say to that, Chris. And and while I agree with you, and I hope that's what we get, the reality of this situation is the mouse wants to make money. Children make more money than adults for Disney. Disney is going to market this as to whatever will sell toys and memorabilia and move money. And that is what's going to run the show. If you look at the Mandalorian and you look at all the gear the Mandalorian has, it has nothing to do with the Mandalorian and everything to do with that little green MacGuffin. If you go to a Disney store here in Orlando and you want to buy something that's Star Wars related, if you find something that doesn't have Grogu on it, you are an amazing human being because there's not much. They are going to push whatever sells and family friendly is what sells. So as much as we want this to be Game of Thrones, that's not going to be on Disney+. Plus. Uh, okay, so when I say Game of Thrones, it doesn't have to be that bloody or yeah. any of that. Like, I'm just saying... Or incest. The, 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 <laughs> Yeah, you don't want I mean, to see the twins I mean, in the Star Wars. We, we had Luke and Leia. We did have Luke and Leia, and you know, you know, that's the originator. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> I'm just saying is is I think there is a ability to adapt the intricate storylines together better than they have done in the past. And I think that that's where I'm saying I don't want I you're right. I would love to see a very violent R-rated star wars but whatever um we're probably not going to get that i'm fine with that i'm more interested in the ability to blend different roles and different lines and create a more intricate story than we had before because what that will do is help fix some of the skywalker um post saga that we had to deal with and it will help create a generation that doesn't grow up thinking Star Wars is nothing but Luke, Leia, and Vader and Palpatine. That's all I'm saying. Like it would be nice to get away oh, from that. Oh man, Palpatine is going to show up again. Damn it! <laughs> no, I hope not. maybe Grogu. Maybe Grogu is Palpatine. There you go. That's what I'm going to leave you with. Grogu could be a the next Palpatine. We just don't know. No. All no. right. Thank all you. All also. No, nope, I, I was gonna say just last no. thing, last thing. No, I want the ruin my last Grogu Palpatine rant. I just want to see that the the huts come in with M3A starfighters, Kirek fighters to come and attack the slave one. That's all I want to say <laughs> for this series. That's it. All right, fair <laughs> enough. We will definitely see more of the huts. I guarantee it. So, um, we'll get into my Palpatine Grogu theory next week. That that's what we'll do. We're not going to do that tonight. It's been long enough. It's definitely longer than we usually go. Thank you all for joining us. We will be back next week, 9 p.m. Eastern, with more of our after birth discussion of the book of Boba Fett. Have a good night, everyone.